0: Previously on Camp Dino, Bo and Zeta went to the Tree of Knowledge to learn more about the masks they've been seeing. While up in the tree, Tuku started throwing books at them, along with a small piece of cloth that turned out to be a piece of Gavin's clothes. Before they could get down, a group of people wearing tribal masks came out of the jungle and taunted them. Bo and Zeta were shocked to find that it was Ash and his carnivores wearing the masks. Ash jammed the ball chair lift, trapping Bo and Zeta up in the tree. Luckily, later that evening, Dr. Lovkin found them and fixed the lift. Bo and Zeta ran back into camp, found Kirby, who'd been dodging them all day, and showed him the piece of Gavin's clothes. Kirby agreed to let them join him in his search for Gavin. And now for Episode 11, The Search. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Camp Dino. Bo had woken up long before sunrise. He'd already packed his bag, ate some snacks left over from the galley, and even took the time to perfectly arrange all of his stuff in his treepee. He was nervous. Nervous to go out into the jungle. Nervous to find out if Gavin was okay or not. And nervous about Curvy's driving. Being on the back of a motorcycle with him was scary enough to nearly make him wet himself. He couldn't imagine Kirby at the helm of a bigger vehicle. Unfortunately, he was about to find out. Just as the sky was starting to turn a light blue and the birds began their endless squawks, Bo untied Buck from the tree, gave him a pancake, and met Kirby and Zeta at the jeep parked just inside the entrance gate. While Bo was clearly overprepared for their excursion, Zeta looked as though she'd just rolled out of bed... ''No human should ever be awake this early,'' Zeta yawned. ''Most aren't,'' Bo said, helping Buck into the back seat. The T-Rex immediately started chewing on the (sniffs) seatbelt. Bo turned back to Zeta. ''Forgetting something?'' ''Oh, yeah. Do you have any food on you?'' ''I'm talking about the triplets.'' ''Oh, duh!'' Zeta ran back to her sleep tree, untied Shoot, Toot, and Scoot, and ran back to the Jeep. Scoot looked particularly annoyed to have been woken up so early. She snuggled under the back seat and fell fast asleep. Her little snores were adorable. Shoot joined Buck in chewing up the seatbelts, and Toot passed gas in Kirby's face as he hoisted the chubby Triceratops into the Jeep. (laughs) Sorry about that, Zeta said. Toot's especially gross in the morning. Kirby scrunched his face and practically threw Toot the rest of the way in. Gross doesn't do it justice. Stop feeding that thing, human food. Hop in. The kids climbed in after their dinos. Beau went to buckle his seatbelt, but the strap fell limp over his lap. The end that was supposed to be attached to the jeep was completely chewed off. Seriously? Beau glared at Buck, who just purred innocently back at him. Rrrr. Zeta clipped her seatbelt, which was more than half chewed off from chute. Oh look, at least I have a few strands to hold me back. Now if we crash, I'll only fly half as far. The second she finished her sentence, Shoot pounced on the seatbelt and chewed the rest of the way through it. (coughs) Hmm, I guess not. Kirby quietly cranked open the massive bone gate, hopped into the Jeep, and drove out into the jungle. As expected, it was a bumpy ride. The battered jeep bounced around the uneven road, jumping over huge roots and swerving out of the way of a family of jaguars. Kirby's long hair whipped behind them as they sped through the trees. Toot kept trying to nibble at it, and Zeta had to pull him away. (laughs) Bo wondered if Kirby had any idea where they were going. Half the time, it didn't even look like they were on a road at all. There were just tall ferns, enormous trees, and occasional glimpses of a thin trail. Was he keeping track of how much gas they had? Did he bring a spare tire? Did this guy even have a license? Where are we going? Bo asked, clutching the chair in front of him. The Monkey Club, Kirby grumbled. "'The what?' Zeta checked to see if she'd heard him right. "'We call it the Monkey Club. It's not really a club, obviously, just a canyon where monkeys love to hang out. Tuku visits it all the time. It's the only place I could think that Gavin might be hiding. That has to be where Tuku got that piece of his shirt.' "'Why haven't you checked there already?' Bo asked, now holding onto Buck for dear life and bouncing clear out of his seat every few seconds.' "'Have you ever been in a canyon full of monkeys, kid?' didn't think so. "'I thought Gavin would have enough sense to avoid the place, "'but apparently not.' "'Why aren't the other counselors trying this hard to find Gavin?' "'Zeta asked. "'They're all back in their beds, "'snuggled up while one of their students could be out here in trouble.' "'Kirby chuckled uncomfortably. "'You speak your mind, don't you, little sis?' "'I'm no one's little sis,' Zeta shot back.' No, you're not, Kirby thought for a second. He glanced back at the kids through the rearview mirror. A chain necklace dangled from it. It's like I said before, this isn't Gavin's first time running off into the jungle, so some of the camp counselors believe he's just going to show up. Beau held onto his fedora to keep it from blowing away. How many times has Gavin been to Camp Dino, he asked. Five. Bo and Zeta looked at each other. Five? Why has he kept coming back so many times if he clearly hates the place? Zeta asked. I don't think he hates it. He's had Echo, and those two have a real bond. Like, a real bond. That dino would do anything for that kid. So would you, apparently, Bo added. I've got a soft spot for him, Kirby admitted. We're a lot alike. Look... You can't tell anybody this, but I figured since you're his friends, you should probably know. Gavin is here by court order. Zeta shook her head. What does that mean? It means that Gavin has gotten into a lot of trouble, and so he's been ordered to attend a behavior correction camp. Camp Dino doesn't exactly fit the bill, but his dad's a friend, so when I heard about his situation, I offered to bring him here with me. <laughs> it definitely hasn't cured him of his knack for getting into trouble but then again, that's not what this camp was designed to do. I have to say, he's made the most progress by far this summer, ever since he met you two. Bo and Zeta shared a surprised smile. So how are you like Gavin? Bo asked. Have you gotten into a lot of trouble too? Uh, yeah, you could say that. Kirby jerked the Jeep so that he could drive by a small banana tree and tear a handful off. I've been in jail a few times. Never hurt nobody. I just have a hard time following rules. Ha! I knew it! Bo suddenly shouted. I knew you'd been in jail! Ha! I knew it! He stopped celebrating when he saw Kirby's annoyed expression. Sorry, I just... Yeah, okay. Kirby went on. I'd been in and out of homes like Gavin. In and out of juvie. Finally, during my last stint in prison... Pa came and bailed me out and offered me a job here. He knew I wasn't dangerous to anyone and that it would be good for me. And he was right. Camp Dino's my home." "'Why did he bail you out?' Zeta asked. "'Pa was one of my neighbors growing up. He'd had me come over and work on his property to earn some extra cash. He and Ma were always looking out for me when no one else would." "'Wow,' Bo said. "'I had no idea. Were all of the counselors friends before coming here? No, but every counselor is either a friend of another counselor or an acquaintance of Mom-Pa. That's how we got the job. After a thorough background check, it came down to someone on the inside vouching for you before you got the invite. Zeta used toot as a footstool. Who put in a good word for Dr. Lovkin? Good question, Bo scoffed. Pa? And boom... That was Helga. Who recommended Helga? Definitely Dr. Rex. Bo played along. Sloppy Joe? She was the chef at Dot's favorite restaurant. And Dot? Monpa's personal doctor for years and their vet. Dr. Sky? Boom's yoga instructor. Bo tilted his ear. Um, I'm sorry? Kirby chuckled. That's right, Dr. Skye was Boom's yoga instructor. He insisted that if she can help him from totally losing it, she can help any kid they put in front of her. Zeta nodded. Makes sense. The jeep suddenly came to a stop. Bo looked around confused. This is it? Kirby let out a long exhale and rested his forehead on the steering wheel. This is it. This is the monkey club? Zeta looked around unimpressed. There was nothing but a bunch of trees and a row of big rocks in front of them. Groaning, Kirby sat up and stepped out of the jeep, readying his machete and shotgun. The canyon's just over those rocks. Stay here. But Bo started to open his door, but Kirby slammed it shut. Stay here. This is the last place kids should be running around. And with your dinos, forget about it. I'll run down and see if I can find Gavin without calling too much attention to myself. Be quiet. If I hear so much as a gentle sneeze, I'm gonna leave you two out here. Can't have you starting an ape wave. What is an ape wave? Shh, are you serious? You're already breaking the one rule I gave you. Just sit tight. With that, Kirby took another deep, nervous breath and disappeared over the rocks. Minutes went by, and Bo and Zeta hadn't heard so much as a single chimp. Was Kirby just messing with them? Bo wondered. Was this just some elaborate joke? Finally, after what had to be half an hour, Zeta got tired of waiting. This is crazy, she said, getting up. I'm going to see if he's taking a nap on the other side of those rocks. She hopped out of the Jeep. Zeta, hold on. What if you start an ape wave? Zeta raised an eyebrow. Oh, please, you believe that garbage? He's clearly making stuff up. There's no such thing as a... Just then, Kirby hopped over the rocks and stumbled to his feet, his shirt and jacket torn to pieces. Ape wave, he yelled, running back towards the Jeep. At first it started as a faint chorus of chimps and whoops, but within a matter of seconds, the air filled with a deafening shriek and monkeys of all shapes and sizes came pouring over the rocks. The wave of apes gained on Kirby, who was frantically looking back and almost tripping over himself from running so hard. Bang, bang, he fired a couple of warning shots into the air, but it did nothing to deter the charging mob of primates. Chimps, orangutans, spider monkeys, howler monkeys, baboons. Every monkey imaginable hooped and hollered as they ran on all fours and swung from the trees in a furious wall of fur. (coughs) Buck roared at the approaching monkeys. Bo felt a zing of panic shoot through him and his body went stiff. Zeta jumped over the door into the back seat kirby stumbled into the driver's seat and rammed the key into the ignition go 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 zeta cried i'm working on it the engine roared to life and kirby threw the stick into reverse slamming on the gas the jeep spun its wheels before speeding backward away from the ape wave a few monkeys hopped onto the hood of the jeep and kirby jerked the wheel to make them fall off With a hard stomp, he slammed on the brakes and spun the wheel, making the jeep spin back around. Then wham! He hit the gas and he roared off into the jungle, barely outrunning the ape wave that slowed and then receded back towards the canyon. (sighs) Where's Gavin? Not in the monkey club, Kirby said out of breath, still checking his rearview mirror for any sign of shrieking chimps. "'Is this even a road?' Zeta shouted, looking out at the tall grass and ferns ahead of them. "'Nope. The wave blocked the road back, so we'll have to improvise. "'Don't worry. I think the camp is... this way.' He jerked the wheel again, and they blazed a new trail. Bo shot up. "'We can't go back to camp. We haven't found Gavin yet. "'There has to be somewhere else we can check. "'What other places does Tuku like to visit?' Kirby looked back at him through the mirror. Look, kid, we just about got torn apart by an army of raging monkeys, okay? How about we call it a day and figure out a different approach tomorrow? The jeep suddenly jolted to a stop and everyone lurched forward. Bo and Zeta smashed into the seats in front of them. Buck and the triplets hit the seats too, whining and growling irritably. Ow! Zeta said, rubbing her forehead. What happened? Great! Kirby glanced over his door. Great, 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 great! He shifted gears and revved the jeep's engine. Come on! Bo had the sudden sensation that they were being swallowed up by the jungle. Was he imagining things, or were the trees getting taller? Zeta sprang to her feet. We're sinking. In a panic, they looked over their doors and saw the jeep's wheels sinking into a pit of sand. Are we in quicksand? Bo cried. I didn't even know that stuff was real. Kirby spun the tires and jerked the wheels side to side. Not quicksand. Uh, uh, it's a sand trap. Sand trap, Bo and Zeta shouted. The back of the jeep had sunk so much now that they were looking up at the treetops. Sand was starting to pour into the back seat. Bo could smell the burning rubber from the spinning tires. One more jerk of the wheel and the jeep caught hold and sprang up out of the pit. Poof! They skidded out of the sand trap and sped into the trees. Hold on, Kirby called back to them. Bo and Zeta stared out in horror. All they could see were sand traps in all directions they hugged their dinos and grabbed the seats in front of them kirby swerved the speeding jeep around the edges of the pits fishtailing between them every time the wheels touched sand the jeep would start to sink the jeep swerved dipped and bounced in and out of the sinking pits sending the kids rolling all over the back seat ouch Ouch! Zeta bounced up and down on her seat, her bottom getting poked by Scoot's horns every time they landed. Scoot was blissfully asleep under her seat, unaware of the chaos unfolding outside. Her brothers, Toot and Scoot, were rolling by her on the floor with every sharp turn. The Jeep blasted out of another pit, landed sideways and skidded across the jungle floor. Bo flew out of his seat, but was caught by Buck, who chomped down onto his shirt. (coughs) Dangling out over the leaning, skidding Jeep, Bo stared into the mouth of a sinking sand trap. Whoa! A gust of grainy sand whipped over his fedora that he held against his head with one hand. Kirby straightened the jeep out, and Buck yanked Bo back into his seat. Oh, you beautiful crazy T-Rex! Bo gave Buck a big kiss on the head. A few swerves later, they reached the end of the sand traps, and the jeep skidded to a stop. Still jittery from all the excitement, everyone looked back at the last row of traps, and watched as sand continued to sink down into each pit. Kirby hopped out and walked over to the last trap. He looked over the edge and saw a pile of old monkey bones at the bottom, at least a dozen feet down. Bo, Zeta, and their dinos jumped out and carefully approached the pit next to him. "'Stay back,' Kirby told them. "'The soil's still loose around the edges.' "'What if Gavin fell down one of those things?' Bo said, pulling Buck away from sniffing the pit. If he did, we'd find him in one that's already been triggered. Kirby turned and walked past them back to the jeep. He turned the key in the ignition, but the engine stalled. Come on! The jeep's engine grinded and whined some more. Come on! For a second, the jeep almost started, and Kirby started to celebrate. Ha ha! Yes! But... Then it sputtered and died. Dang it! He punched the steering wheel. (sighs) The engine's full of sand. I can't clean it without my tools. He stepped out of the jeep and put his hands on his hips. We're gonna have to walk the rest of the way. Bo and Zeta walked back to the jeep. Bo looked like he'd just been punched in the gut. We can't walk around out here with all the monkey waves and, and, and sand pits. We'll die before we get halfway. Your optimism is infectious, Kirby said sarcastically. He brushed his long, sweaty hair out of his face. Then, grabbing his pack, machete, and shotgun, he kicked the door shut and started walking into the trees. Let's go. You're worried about traps now? Wait till you're trying to dodge them at night. Bo and Zeta exchanged a terrified look before hurrying after him. Zeta had to circle back a minute later when she realized she'd forgotten all about Scoot, who was still snoring happily under the back seat. The pudgy Triceratops peeked out at her annoyed and growled as she scooped her up. Luckily, Bo and Zeta's dinosaurs were pretty well trained by this point. They hardly had to hold onto their leashes, Buck and the triplets obediently followed Bo and Zeta into the trees, only stopping occasionally to roar at a passing lizard or chase after a frog. Buck seemed especially spooked by the prospect of there being something up in the trees. Bo figured the ape wave had really put him on edge. Apart from that, the T-Rex seemed to be enjoying the journey. Not Bo. He was busy swatting mosquitoes, dodging sand traps and jerking his head towards every rustling bush. His hand was starting to ache from tightly gripping the hand-carved knife Gavin had made him. He wasn't sure what he'd do with it, but just having it made him feel a little safer. Zeta seemed on edge too, but she hid it better. She ushered her triplets on and only occasionally glanced around nervously. Ahead of them, Kirby was mumbling angrily to himself as he chopped away at overgrown ferns with his machete. Bo wondered if the guy had any idea where they were. He hadn't seen them take out a map or check for landmarks once. Maybe they shouldn't have insisted on going out on this search after all. Some time later, when the scorching sun had passed its peak and was once again hidden by the treetops, they came to a stop. Kirby held up his hand and signaled for them to be quiet. Bo and Zeta froze and hushed their dinos. They watched as Kirby tiptoed into a small campsite, holding out his weapons and slowly turning. It was empty. He waved for Bo and Zeta to follow. Bo stepped into the campsite and stopped. He felt a zing of panic shoot up his back as he stared at the branch teepee. What's wrong? Zeta asked, turning to look at him. Bo scanned over the campsite. This is it. He whispered. This is where Buck and I found that hunter. Zeta looked around, stunned. This? What's wrong? Kirby said shortly. We need to keep moving. Something whizzed through the trees and Kirby's shotgun fired. Bow and Zeta ducked. Bo saw the shotgun drop to the ground several feet away. A huge arrow protruded out of it. Blue liquid oozed from its barrel. Get back! Kirby shouted to them. But Bo and Zeta were too frightened to move. Kirby waved his machete through the air. Who's out there? There was a long silence. And then Bo saw the bushes at the other end of camp move. Buck and the triplets lowered their heads and growled. One by one, tribal masks poked out from behind the bushes. The people wearing them silently walked into camp, holding spears and bows. They were dressed in coats of dinosaur hide. We mean no harm, Kirby announced nervously. We were just looking for a boy who may be lost. The masked people stepped closer, not saying a word. Bo suddenly started laughing, making them stop in their tracks. <laughs> <laughs> look at, this guy, look at this Zeta and Kirby slowly looked at him. Even the dinos tilted their heads curiously. Oh, oh. oh this is too good, Bo said when he stopped for breath. Nice try, Ash. He confidently marched up to the closest masked person and stopped inches from the mask. We know it's already you, boneheads. Um, Bo? I don't. Zeta tried to grab him, but Bo laughed and yanked his arm away. Come on, it's all good. Remember how obvious they were at the Tree of Knowledge? These goons think they could just hide behind a mask and do whatever they want. Bo? Kirby's voice was quiet and shaky. Well, guess what? Bo grabbed the mask. The gig is... He pulled off the mask. Up! A tribal warrior glared down at him. His face had deep, intense features. His lip quivered furiously. Bo's heart felt like it was bouncing around in his chest. Uh, let me just fix this here. He struggled to put the mask back on the warrior's stoic face. It went on crooked, so Bo kept trying to adjust it. Well, maybe if I just... No, it doesn't... Here, let me turn it like this, or no... Bo, enough! Kirby grabbed him and yanked him back. The warrior slowly fixed his mask... His eyes widened when he saw Buck. I He bowed and touched his spear to his forehead. All of the warriors around him did the same as they too noticed the young T-Rex. Um, what's happening? Seda whispered. Don't move, Kirby told the kids. He held up his machete in surrender. Forgive us for trespassing, he said to the warriors. We see now that our friend isn't here, so we will just the head warrior shouted in his native tongue, which was a series of clicks and harsh sounds. Bash no come then he pointed his spear at Buck, and the warriors behind him pulled out a net. Buck stepped back and roared at them as they closed in. Beau jumped in front of his dino and waved Gavin's knife. No! You can't take him ''Bo, put that away!'' Kirby shouted. One of the warriors knocked the knife out of Bo's hands and grabbed him. ''Set him down!'' Kirby pleaded. ''He's no danger to you!'' Zeta stood frozen, too scared to move. Her triplets stood in front of her and roared at the warriors, jabbing their horns at the spears. The warriors ignored them and surrounded Buck. Bo cried from the warrior's arms. No, please, leave him alone! Buck roared some more, his throat rumbling with his guttural cry. (coughs) He chomped onto one of the spears and snapped it in half. But before he could turn and chomp onto anything else, the net dropped over him, and the warriors pulled it tight. Buck fell over onto his side and whined. ''Let him go!'' Bo cried. Buck was putting up a fight. He chomped at any hands that came near the net. His red body wriggled furiously. The warriors were struggling to get a hold of him. So the head warrior took a thin bamboo pin from his hair, dipped it in blue from his spear, and crouched down next to the struggling T-Rex. ''Shuntuck!'' He reached out with the pin. (laughs) <laughs> splat! The warrior stopped Slowly he stood and wiped sludge off his head <laughs> He sniffed his fingers Was that? Bo, Zeta and Kirby stared in shock Dino dung? Splat! 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 More dung bombs flew, pelting the warriors and forcing them to take cover. Ahoo! Whoop whoop! Came a cry from the trees. Dung bombs rained down on camp. The warriors were slipping in it and wiping it from their faces. It was a constant barrage. Splat! 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 Finally, the warriors turned and ran into the jungle. After a few more well-placed warning shots, the dung bomb stopped, and someone dropped out of the tree next to Bo and Zeta. It was another masked warrior. This one had a blue stripe down the middle of his mask. Bo swallowed. It was the hunter. The hunter reached up and took off his mask. The kids gasped. Gavin? Gavin tossed his long bangs to the side. Hey. Bo and Zeta hugged him. You saved us, Zeta said, squeezing him tightly. You're alive, Bo said, pushing his luck by ruffling Gavin's hair. No, Gavin said. Oh, okay, sorry. Kirby shook his head and gave Gavin a big hug. (sighs) We were worried about you, kid. It was fine, Gavin said simply. Yeah, well, we weren't. Bo rubbed his sore arm. That warrior had been holding him in a death grip. Those monkeys and the sand traps and the warriors? I almost lost my hat? Gavin squatted down, picked up Bo's knife, and cut Buck out of the net. Buck happily jumped to his feet and licked Gavin's face. (gasps) Shoot, Toot, and Scoot joined him. Gavin smiled. Yeah, yeah. Is this your camp? Zeta asked, looking around impressed. It was theirs, but they left, so I used it. Kirby shook his head. How did you keep them away? Gavin nodded up to the trees. She watched out for me. They all looked and saw Echo fly down onto one of the branches. The beautiful, flapping wings made leaves around her sway. Duh! Maybe we should have just asked her to bring us to you, Bo said, rolling his eyes. She wouldn't have, Gavin said. She knew I didn't want to be found. He tossed a fruit up to the majestic Pteranodon, and she snagged it out of the air with her long beak. Gavin held out the homemade knife and raised an eyebrow bow. Bo going through my stuff? Bo squirmed. Well, sort of. I was just looking for some kind of... He tried on one of your tank tops, Zeta interjected. Bo glared at her. (laughs) Gavin snorted. There was a long silence. You guys came all the way out here looking for me? Of course, Bo said. That's what friends do. We are friends, aren't we? Zeta said, folding her arms. Gavin held back a smile and nodded. Sure. Bo's face lit up. So you'll come back with us? Camp Dino isn't the same without you, Zeta added. Gavin hesitated and then looked at Kirby, who was smiling. Bo pointed to all of the brown mounds dotting the campsite. Come on, who's going to throw poo at people if you don't come back? Tooku, Gavin joked. He's got you there, Zeta laughed. But it's not the same. You're the original dung bomber. We need you. Please. Gavin looked at them, pleasantly surprised. Fine, but I want my knives back. Your knives? Bo said, sharing a sidelong glance with Zeta. But you were clearly carving them for us. They had our initials on them, B and Z. Stands for my favorite band, Bald Zombies. Bo's jaw dropped. Zeta covered her mouth and hit her chuckle. I'm gonna get my stuff. Gavin turned and headed for the teepee. Once his face was out of view, he grinned. Kirby was staring nervously into the trees. We better get moving before they come back with more warriors. Got your things? Gavin returned from the teepee with his pack slung over his shoulder. Yup. Kirby bent down and yanked the arrow from his shotgun. Oh, man. Help, came a voice. Is somebody out there? Kirby and the kids looked at each other confused. Together they walked into the bushes and stopped in front of a triggered sand trap. They leaned over and looked down. There was Ash and his carnivores, stuck in the bottom of the pit, their dinosaurs groaning next to them. ''Buzzhead?'' Ash said, the second Bo's face popped into view. ''Ash? What the heck?'' He turned to Kirby. ''Do we have any rope?'' Kirby shook his head and then looked around for something they could use. ''I do,'' Gavin said. He reached into his pack and pulled out a coil of homemade rope. Tying it to a nearby tree, he tossed the other end into the pit. Let's go, boys, Kirby called down to them. We haven't got all night. Grumbling to himself, Ash scooped up his raptor and grabbed onto the rope. Hey, Rocketeers, hope you enjoyed this episode of Camp Dino. I know some of you freaked out a little bit when I kind of squeezed in an episode of life. I know some of you had a panic attack and were like, What the heck is Camp Dino? I I don't know what to do! Guys, I was just taking a little break for one episode. It's back, you know, Got got some more episodes coming your way. I'm loving it. I'm loving Camp Dino. It's a cool place and cool people. I'm having fun. By the way, our baby number four is here, a brand new little rocketeer, baby Eloise Ray Webb, you guys, was born a couple weeks ago, mom and baby are doing great, Uh, we're kinda sleeping. Kind of not. Um, I don't even know if I'm asleep right now. I could be dreaming all of this. uh, And I'm going to wake up really disappointed thinking that I had recorded this episode when I haven't. But she is. She's so cute. She's the cutest little nugget. The kids love her. We love her. She's snuggly. She's just content. She's a sweet little soul. And everything went smoothly with the delivery. She was born. We wrapped her up and snuggled that little love bug. And she looked up at me and blinked and said, purple rocket. And I was like, what? And she blinked and went cross-eyed a little bit and went, purple rocket. And I just, a tear, I just got a tear in my eyes like, oh my gosh, this is. these are her first words. Her first words are purple rocket. She's a prodigy. Okay, just kidding. She didn't come out speaking English. In fact, she came out crying a bit. She pooped a little bit. We got her a little diaper, swaddled her, and she's a nugget. She's so cute. You can see her on the Purple Rocket Facebook page. Uh, Parents need to access that. You kids probably don't have Facebook, You shouldn't have Facebook, With the help of a parent, you can look up some pictures of that little baby on the Purple Rocket page on Facebook. I also want to make a very special announcement, Rocketeers. I have just launched the new merch store on the website. Go to PurpleRocketPodcast.com. You click on store. And it'll take you to the Teespring shop for the Purple Rocket, where you can get T-shirts, mugs, face masks, stickers, uh, socks. What other random stuffs on there? Uh, you get it with the logos, some of the some of the show art as well. Check it out, Rocketeers. So go to PurpleRocketPodcast.com. I know some of you have been requesting merchandise. uh, And check it out. It's there. You can click on store. And guess what? Our patrons that are in the $5 and up tiers get 20% off all merch, which means you're basically getting at cost, which is great. So patrons, $5 and up, you will now get 20% off all merch at the Purple Rocket Teespring store. And Rocketeers, you can become a patron and support the show by going to Patreon.com slash Purple Rocket Podcast. And like I said, you get some discounts on merch. You'll get some extra bedtime stories when I tell Aurora and Cohen some uh, improvised stories at night. Um, I did a little storytelling workshop for parents on there. Anyway, there's some fun stuff, and it's a great way to support the show. So check it out, Patreon.com. I also need to give some shout-outs to our patrons, Ezekiel and his mom, Ashley. Ezekiel, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening, buddy. Patrons Helio and his mom, Lou, who are listening from Taipei and enjoying Camp Dino and the Mysterious Blue. And Darian, Sebastian, and their mom, Alexandra, who recently moved to the Seattle area. I hope you're adjusting well. Seattle I've heard is an awesome place so if you haven't adjusted yet I think you'll get there and you'll make new friends and you'll love it so Darian Sebastian I hope you're doing well be kind to the kids around you you're gonna make friends you'll do great also want to give a shout out to Simon Amelia and their dad Chris a while back they sent me some awesome pictures of Dallas Blobby and Goro from Space Train oh man they were awesome especially the Blobby drawing. I love seeing anybody's drawing of Blobby. Blobby is, uh... (laughs) I don't know. Everybody's interpretation is awesome. And Goro, everybody's interpretation, Goro is really interesting. It's almost always different from what I'm picturing, uh, and which is so cool. It's really fun to kind of hear everybody's take on it. Um, also want to shout out Claire and her sisters Zoe and Lydia, who also like Space Train and love listening to Purple Rocket in the car because of its awesomeness and it keeps you from squabbling. I love that. Keeps you from squabbling. That's a good word. She said, instead of arguing with my sisters, I get to hum along to the theme songs. I love it. So cool. I'm glad the podcast is helping you avoid contention. Making it can be hard to get along with your siblings sometimes. It can be hard to get along with your friends. It can be hard to get along with your parents, with just about anybody. There are a lot of personalities on this planet. A lot of personalities in our home, that's for sure. That's what makes it so cool to be in a family and to have friends your grandparents were all so different, and yet we can kind of play to each other's strengths and help each other out with each other's weaknesses. That's one of the many things I love about my wife, Sarah. We are super different. Uh, she has lots and lots of strengths that I don't have, um, and it helps lift me up. It's amazing. So, very cool. I'm glad that you're able to avoid contention with the podcast. That's good, 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 good. Yeah. I want to read a couple reviews from some Apple podcasts. This one's from. And guys, that's accurate. I'm not making fun of a name. It's literally S H S Y G I D. Somebody just kind of pounded on the keyboard, but it's awesome. It says, this is the best podcast ever. And they go on to rank their favorite seasons. Camp Dino, grandpa's globe, digger, space training, anyway, where it goes all the way down uh, with nights of spatula being the last one. Hey, just so you know, I want to ev- finish Knights of Spatula eventually. Um I didn't get to I started doing it um and I got sidetracked with other projects, but I will hopefully come back to Knights of Spatula at some point. Um so hopefully that'll creep up a little bit on your list. Uh this one is from Lucas and it says this might be and probably is the best podcast ever humanly created. And that's how Lucas said it. I could just hear his voice when he wrote that. Created! He got this like operatic voice. He said, I listen to this podcast as much as I can and I am amazed by it. My personal favorites are Camp Dino, Grampus Globe, Space Train, Digger, and all of them except Knights of Spatula. <laughs> oh man, poor Knights of Spatula. Hey, someday you guys, I'm bringing Knights back. i want want to make you love them. You're also very inspiring, Greg Webb. Oh, thanks, Lucas. All the episodes bring a new surprise, and I can't wait for more. The Purple Rocket Podcast (laughs) rules, And he said it like that, operatic voice. I like everything about this podcast, the episodes, the seasons, and many, many more. The only thing is, the episodes do take two weeks, but I can understand that because of COVID and stuff, but it doesn't affect the podcast at all. This podcast is super fun, and each episode builds a lot of suspense. And I think I speak for a lot of the listeners. And with that, this podcast rules. Ah, Lucas, thank you. Thank you, thank you. This one's from James. It says, podcast lover. I love Grandpa's Globe. I didn't want it to end. I'm curious about the next episode of Camp Dino. I have two books, Grandpa's Globe and Winglings Under the Willow Tree. I've also listened to Life, Digger, and Space Train. That's awesome, James. That's cool. You have the read-along books. Um, for those who are just hearing about that, I think on Amazon you can get them. They were on the website but under store, but now store will link to the new Teespring merch site. Um, so you should be able to just go on Amazon, I think, and look up um, the read-along books for Grandpa's Globe, Space Train and Winglings Under the Willow Tree. It's a great way to... Um, improve your literacy. It really helps your ability to read as you, if you listen to the stories and follow along. And so each episode is kind of formatted as a chapter when you get those, um, read along books. So anyway, Rocketeers, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much to the patrons and thank you everybody who leaves feedback, who sends an email, who writes a quick message. It all means a lot because what's interesting about podcasting is There's a little bit of a wall there. You look and you see numbers. You know that people are miraculously listening out there and in shocking places all around the world, and that's exciting, but numbers are just numbers. You know what I mean? You can't connect with numbers. So when you get an email or you hear feedback, somebody becomes a patron or whatever, and they say something cool about their experience as a family, that's the best because it's awesome when these stories can benefit my kids, but it's really cool and extra special when you hear that there are other kids and families who are enjoying them. So uh, I'm really grateful to be a part of that. So anyway, Rocketeers, thank you so much. Don't forget to check back next time. Another episode of Camp Dino coming your way. This is your host, Greg Webb.